What's going on? Everybody, you've got the card board coach here with your boy, Coach Co. And team, we have a very special guest on the podcast here today. We have Kayla Norsworthy, a.k.a. Kayla Collects. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. And you have the best intro in the game, I got to say. I got to give you props for that. I appreciate it. Um, I mean, we first met at the National, but that wasn't the first time I was exposed to you. I've I've consumed some of your content in the past. And I got to say that you are one of the most upbeat personalities in the hobby. And uh, I uh, I was happy to share the floor with you in terms of like, the media crew. And I feel like, you know, watching you in action, you really do kind of live up to that persona that you put on. It's not even a persona, really, but like what people see on the Internet is like really you. Uh, and so I want to give you a huge shout out for that, because it takes a lot of energy to be like that all the time, I'm sure. Yeah, it does. I appreciate you saying that because I always tell people I'm like, Literally what I'm doing on social media is just me being me and people like it and people want to watch it. I'm like, cool. Like I didn't start posting to get numbers. I was just like, you know, I see an avenue and I want to share more of my collection in for video format. And I want to share more about myself in video format and people have enjoyed it. So I appreciate you saying that. Of course. You said you saw an avenue. Let's talk a little bit about that. What was the avenue and, you know, how did you come about starting? Yeah. Um, so when I first got into cards, um, there was nobody, like no females that I could look up to. And I started collecting at nine, 10 years old. And for me being a girl in this space, obviously the numbers already weren't there in the, like in general, yeah. um, then female content creators or females that were present in the space, putting their face out there, weren't really there when I started. Um, and so, the past couple of years, I was like, you know, I can do this. Like, I don't have to wait for somebody else to do this. Like I can be that person for younger Kayla now. And I just kind of went for it. And I've had young girls like say, oh, I like watching your videos. Or um, I had the opportunity to do like um, a general admission ticket giveaway last year. And I had a, I think 15 year old girl. She was like so excited. She had watched my content. She won one of the tickets and she got to come with her dad. And I was like, that is exactly why I do what I do. Um, I don't think I do anything crazy. Like I just post what I love and other people love it. And I think that comes across in the content I put out. I think that that's like a common theme with a lot of the people that I've spoken to is that it, it's not that it's not effort because it is effort. You have to, you know, aside from having to deal with the you know, comment sections and, and stuff of that nature and like in your own insecurities when you put out content. Uh, it, so it is effort. But on top of that, you know, what I want to get at is the fact that you, you're you you're so authentic. So like it, it's not effort, but it is effort, if that makes any sense. And that's why it, it's like a pretty seamless transition into creating content. Because you're, you're like, if I'm authentic, I can literally just talk about something. Like if something happens in, you know, the new like sports card news or some you, you pull a card that, you know, really means something to you. Or you happen to find a card in like a dollar box or something. You're like man, I've always wanted this card. I feel like I should share this with other people. And what that does is just encourage other people to maybe not make content, but like seek out cards that maybe are a little less expensive and just because they're nostalgic or they mean a lot to them um, or really think about, you know, how something makes them feel. And I think that that goes a long way in terms of, you know, not just from a 
cards perspective from but like a just an invigorating another mm-hmm. human being perspective yeah for sure and that's like kind of the not motto behind my content but it's definitely something i think about because most content out there now is about like i did a something k deal like huge amounts of money that i'm like most people don't have that kind of income and it became like a regular thing that people coming the hobby thought they had to have that kind of money yeah. and like that is not what this hobby is about in any shape or form because um like I got into this hobby by going to a card show of $10 in my hand and I would come out with like 30 or 40 raise cards from dime bins because that's what I wanted to collect. And people don't share that kind of content out there now. Yeah. I was like, I came up with this idea um, called dollar box dimes. And I was like, my slogan for that is cheap cards with cool stories. And I was like, people have resonated with it so much and people have come up to me and be like, I love that series because it shows them that even though the card, like literally dollar cards can still mean a lot to you and they can still hold a story like any other expensive card. Like, sure, I have cards that are worth a lot of money that mean as much to me as a dollar card does, but some yeah. of those dollar cards mean more. So it's all about connecting the stories that you have with the cards. I couldn't agree more. I'm a big dollar box guy. Not only because I think there's like a ton of value in dollar boxes, but also because there's a lot of cards that, you know, if you were to find them on eBay or on ComC or some other platform and you're like scrolling through, you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. But you don't really want to pay like six bucks plus like the shipping. But if you see it in person, you're like, man, this is like perfect. This is exactly what I'm looking for. It's like a dollar fifty cents. You know, maybe it's two bucks. And it's a rookie card of, of a, or whatever, any type of card of, of a, a player that really resonates with you. Or, I mean, sometimes it's an action shot where you're like, man, this is just a beautiful card. Like regardless of the, if it's a rookie or any, any sort of like de- denotion, you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of great. You were talking a little bit about your PC. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a pretty extensive PC and I, and I actually want you to share some of that with the audience. So who is your number one PC? Um, well, it's all Tampa teams. And yes. then I have two like big player PCs of Austin Hayes and Willie Adames. Yes. Austin Hayes, I've seen so much of. <laughs> yeah. Talk about that. Okay. How how long have you been collecting both of those guys? So I've been collecting Austin Hayes since 2018 when his first card started coming out. Um, and Willie, I don't remember the exact year. I'd say probably... 2020 2021 maybe a little bit before that of like his cheaper cards um but with austin hayes i met him when he was in single a for the orioles in 2017 and i had just moved to the area and the way that stadium is set up is there's like their um clubhouse doesn't lead or their dugout doesn't lead to a clubhouse their clubhouse is at the top so they have to walk up like this little concourse of stairs to get there And so you have this like face-to-face interaction with players, which I thought was insanely cool at, I don't know, I was in eighth grade. So maybe 13, 14, 14. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went to the first game of that season, super like cold and like not great weather, but I was just excited to be there because I love baseball. And so I was getting high fives from the players as they were coming up because I'm like, this is just so cool. And so he actually gave me his broken bat that game. I didn't ask for it. I didn't even know he, I didn't even know that was a thing you could 
really ask players for. And so I developed a relationship with him from there that season. Um, he got called up to double A, skipped triple A, and made it to the Orioles. Um, then the following season, he started off in double A. And I was like, hey, I'm the one you gave your bat to. Like, I collect your cards now. And he at the time had like an opening day and like a top space rookie and like one other insert from top series one. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. He signed everything I had. So wait, you and- met him again in person? Yeah. So Whoa. the following year, um, in twenty eighteen, I met him in the double A. And later that season, um, I had a um paper I'd write for journalism about a local person. It didn't have to be sports, it didn't have to be it could have been like somebody at a restaurant or something. Yeah. But I was like, you know, he's he came uh, he was playing in Frederick, he was playing in Bowie. Um, I live in Virginia, so like that part of the area was kind of close. I was like, that I can kind of maybe pull this off. And so I asked the Bowie Bay Sox, I was like, hey, my mom actually called him. She's like, hey, my daughter, um, she's in ninth grade. This is at the time. And she would love to interview Austin for her journalism class. Like, is there anything we need to do on our part to make this happen? Like, it'd be so cool. They actually took care of me. They took me on the field for batting practice. I got to interview him afterwards, got to sit down with him for like 20 minutes, probably. Um, And it was just an incredible experience. And so He's kind of like a friend of mine now. Um, and there's another funny story um, about that. Um, so he rehabbed again with Frederick in 2021 when he was playing with the Orioles. Or actually, was it 2020? I think it was, maybe it was 2019. I don't know. I lose track of years. COVID. Yeah, yeah, I know. All Just brain. complete mind wipe. Yeah. Um, and so he rehabbed and I was like, he's signed a lot for me. I don't need to ask him anymore because I was trying to get each of his different cards signed as they came out. And I was like, I just need to give him something like showing him. He doesn't need to give me anything else. Um, And so I gave him Skittles. He had a choice. Actually, I've never told this part of the story. He had a choice between Sour Patch and Skittles. He chose Skittles and he hits a home run that game. And I was like, okay, definitely is the Skittles, right? Like can't be that point. So the next game I see him, he's rehabbing Norfolk. I give him Skittles. He hits a home run two times. This goes on for five times where I see him at random games over the span of like three, four years where he hits a home run every time I give him Skittles. And it just becomes this inside joke with us. And the Orioles actually ended up posting a video of him in the dugout after he hit home run, dumping Skittles in his mouth, saying every time. And some of the teammates know about it now, like Cedric Mullins and Ryan Mountcastle know about it. Yeah. And the streak did end, um, I believe, at the end of last year or the year before. Um but funny enough, I'd always gotten them from the same 7-Eleven. And that day they were sold out. They didn't have any. So I had to go to a different store. I had to go to Sheets. Um, you probably don't know what Sheets is, no, but it's like a gas station. It's like a 7-Eleven kind of. Yeah. Um, and I had to get them from there. So I think the mojo is a 7-Eleven and not the Sheets. So <laughs> we have to try to bring the streak back. But um, he actually has a card from a game that he hit a home run. He robbed Vlad Jr. of a home run and hit a home run in that game. So that's one of my favorite cards. That was actually a part of my Dollar Box Dime series. But that's why I collect him is because of the personal personal connection. I probably wouldn't collect an Orioles player if it wasn't for that. Like yeah. I don't have to the Orioles any other way. But with that story and the connection I was able to build with him and knowing him now, it's it's just so cool. That's incredible. I have a few questions. The first one is, do you just bring Skittles every time you go to the games now? Um, with like, if I'm going to a game that he's in, yes. Yeah. Uh, and and I are you have, guaranteed to go... see him? Are you guaranteed to see him when you when you see or like when you when you go to the games? 
technically no. Um, I just go and I stand by like where they warm up and usually he sees me and he laughs and like chuckles and like hits the player next to him. Um, so no, I'm not guaranteed to see him. Okay. He has always been in the lineup when I've gone though. So that's a good thing. Cause there was a time where he was like bouncing in and out of the lineup. Somehow I got lucky and he was always in the lineup though. That's awesome. I cannot believe that you've been supplying Skittles to, to Austin Hayes for quite some time. Yeah. It's so ins- insider scoop here. Yeah. Um, I had the story up on my page for a while and I was like, you know, I don't really like, I think I, I, the reason behind me posting that video was like for me to possibly get something. I'm like, I don't need anything. So I took the video down. Um, and I still share that story, but it's beyond crazy because we have Orioles fans like in our area. And I'm like, Oh, they love Austin Hayes. I'm like, Oh, you know about the Skittle celebration? They're like, yeah, I love it. It's so cool. I'm like, yeah, let's start with me. And it's just so cool to see like their face light up about him also. That's such a fantastic story and and like a, an amazing reason to collect someone's cards. Do you find that there's a, is there ever really, a, do you have to fight for Austin Hayes cards? Like, um, it's starting to get harder now because he was an all-star this year. Yeah. And he should have been an all-star last year, but I think his card value has gone up because his first Bowman Chrome Super sold, I think like, a year and a half ago for a thousand and it recently just sold for 3000. So that's a big jump. Um, and I obviously do not own that card. Yeah. Hopefully one day. Um, but I have like 14 of his one of ones. Like I usually, really? yeah, I, it's Whoa. a big collection. Like most of them are printing plates. So like some people don't really count those, which I don't understand why that's a whole yeah. nother conversation. Um, but yeah, I, I really try to get everyone I can. There's been a couple that I've missed out on. And there's a lot that are overpriced on eBay that I'm like, I'm not buying that because I know how much his one-on-ones go for because yeah. I'm the one who's buying them. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't had to compete too much. Um, so you're you're buying like you're you're targeting one-of-ones? Um, well, I try to build the rainbows of everything. Wow. So all those cards that come out, like his tops chrome. It, I counted uh the other day, and when I first started collecting in 2018, I think there was like 12 parallels in tops chrome, and now yeah. there's 28. Which, gosh, that means double the cards I have to collect in, like, a set. I'm like, I know. It's becoming crazy. It is uh, becoming crazy. Yeah. But I try to collect every single one of his cards, um, and I try not to get duplicates. Uh, I do have some duplicates that I either get from other collectors that they give me. That started to happen, too. So people know I collect them, and they come up to me at a show. They're like, hey, I have this Austin Hayes card I want to give you, um, which means the world to me because I never thought when I started collecting Austin Hayes that I would have the collection I do now. Yeah. Because I've said I started with Tops opening day base rookie and a Tops series one rookie. Yeah. And now I have a crazy collection of it. I mean, you got you and Austin have kind of like grown together almost, you know, like Austin in, in the MLB and, and you in, in the hobby. Yeah. I've never kind thought of about it that way, yeah. but kind of cool how that worked out yeah well because i mean you know he's an all-star you're an all-star it just works out perfectly okay. yeah that's I fantastic can get yeah exactly talk to me about being a female in the space it can't be easy um how do you feel uh, like how can we improve the space for other female collectors i mean obviously you're doing an amazing job but it, sh- it shouldn't just rely on you uh how can we improve the space for female collectors let's start there yeah um it's definitely a lot sometimes. Um, it was harder when I first got into it 
because I would be at a show and my dad would be walking around by himself. So um, I would be looking around. They're like, oh, like multiple questions I was like, I would get asked. Um, so did your dad get you into collecting? I got him back into it. Where's your boyfriend? Like when I'm walking around shows, I'm like, why does that matter? Like yeah. I'm going through these bins and I'm obviously paying you. Yeah. Give me these cards. Like I don't understand those kind of questions. Um, yeah. So those, those are frustrating. So if you're a dealer, listen to this, never ask a female those questions. Um, they're infuriating because everybody can get into collecting however they want to, and they can collect whatever they want to. And I would say also don't like mansplain something <laughs> to somebody. Love that. Um, I've had dealers be like, Oh, that card's sparkly or, Oh, this one looks nice. I'm like, would you say like, would you say this to anybody else, like a male collector? No, they would not. Um, and they sometimes are like, they don't think, you know, sports, which can sometimes work in your favor, but it can also sometimes be super annoying. But I've noticed in the past like year or so, it's gotten a little better. Obviously there are still people like that, which yeah. I don't think the hobby will get rid of until maybe they die off. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been hard at times and but now there's more and more females in the space showing their face and showing that they collect also and like breakers like uh, Stephanie and Candace and Layton and all those people, they're all showing their face. And it's awesome because that's what I wanted to see as a young female in this space. And I still don't see that many young females in the space space. There's obviously a lot more now from like 20 to 40 year olds. Yeah. Uh, but my target audience of what I want it to be is I want it to be 10 to 20. Because yeah. so long, I was like the only one I saw and I just turned 20. So now I'm on the end of my like target audience Yeah, and I want to get more young females. And I try to do that to the best of my ability. And I try to, anytime I see a young female collector, really make them feel like they have a home in the hobby because everybody does. Um, Yeah. So I hope that answers your question. No, of course it does. And then some, I, how do you... How can you make sure that your, your content continues to resonate with younger collectors? Um, I think just sending like a positive message um, that everybody can collect and there's no wrong way to collect. Hence the dollar box dimes. Like you don't have to even have a hundred dollars to spend on a card. You can have literally a dollar and get yeah. a super cool card. That means a lot to you and you can save your allowance. You can save your report card money. You can go cut some grass and like have, money to spend on these cards and i think younger collectors now all go after the flashy stuff like the flashy modern basketball and flashy modern football um because it's what they see on social media and it's what they are digesting and it's the people they look up to in this space that's what they're dealing in um which i don't fault them at all because that's what they love but if these kids don't love it and they're just trying to flip to get bigger cards that's fine too but the true collectors need to know that like they can collect what they like and share it. And there will eventually be people that resonate with you sharing those kind of cards. I never thought that people would be like, Oh, I think your Austin Hayes card is so cool. I want to give you one. Yeah, That never crossed my mind when I started posting it. I was posting it because I wanted to post cards on my page. And so I think younger collectors need to see more of that. Um, and I think they need to see that there could be stories with every single card and every single collector. I agree with you 100%. I think that the collecting side is probably less sexy uh, from like a marketing perspective. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like 
you can't have a thumbnail that says like I just found like I don't know the, the most the, the most desirable card for my personal collection, right? Like it just doesn't work the same as like I just spent thirty five thousand dollars on sports cards, right? And so naturally, those other videos will probably get way more interaction. Their analytics on them will be way better. But I think that at the end of the day, it all goes back to collecting. And if it doesn't right away, it will eventually, right? Because I, I know people who jumped into the hobby 2019, 2020. At, at some point, you just kind of burn out of like flip life. Um, and you really start to... And maybe it's a dollar, like it's a dollar amount that like these people need to get to or maybe losing their shirt on on a guy that everybody else said was going to be great and ended up like... I don't know, tearing an ACL or being a third string instead of like actually a starting quarterback, right? Like everyone kind of has like some sort of correction, I find. And when that happens, it's like almost a, it's an eye opener to start collecting the things that you genuinely enjoy. And I feel like everyone gets into the hobby, even if it, if it initially was for money, because they have, they feel some form of way either towards another player or towards uh, you know, a moment in time, maybe it was with their grandfather or their their aunt or, you know what I mean? Like, like my mom got me into collecting, right? So uh, it, it means a lot to me that, you know, there's another female in the space that's, that's advocating for other, for other females in the space because like, you know, a lot of people have like stories like, oh, like me and my dad. And I'm like, no, no, I'm like, my mom got me into like collecting sports cards. Like my mom gave me her, the cards that she collected. And I mean, the, the stuff that she had was pretty good for the, the year, like for the back then she would have had like crazy stuff back then. But like because it was a 90s, it ended up all, all being not very expensive, but like full sets. And, and that's kind of like what I've taken into collecting now. It's like I when I first started collecting, it was all collecting the sets and, uh, you know, making sure that every every page in that binder was filled out. Now I try to get full sets I'm putting them in PSA slabs and stuff of that, you know, so like taking it another step further, but uh, yeah. So I, I think it's really important what you do on a, on a regular basis, especially, you know, not just as a female, but for younger collectors and, and spreading the message of like true collecting. And that's not to say that you don't, you can't also sell things. You know what I mean? Like you can still sell things to fund your PC. You can sell things to fund your life, but you know, at the root of it, it should truly be collecting. Yeah. And it's funny because my grandpa isn't into cards. He collected cards when he was super young. He was born in 1940. Um, so he had cards. And then when he went away the army, his stepmom threw him away. And so now he actually went to the Bay Area card show with me. That was the first card show I'd ever set up at. Um, and he went with me and he's, I sold my black box one-on-one Jokic auto that I pulled because I had no attachment to that card. Yes. I captured the video, me yeah. seeing my reaction to that card. And that's all I need. I don't need the card anymore. Like I wanted to go some, someone that will appreciate it or eventually sell it to someone that appreciates yeah. it. And he was like, wow, that's a lot of money for that card. And I was like, yeah, it's not like the most expensive card I have. I mean, it was up there. Um, and he was like, why don't you sell that one? I was like, I don't need to like, I don't need to sell that card right now for yeah. me to have the lifestyle I do. Eventually, if I run into some problem or I need to, it's always there for me to sell. And he's like, well, I give you these cards to sell because he gives me cards sometimes. And I'm like, no, like I want to keep them for my collection. Yeah. You don't always need to keep them. And I was like, I want to keep them until I don't have to keep them. Yeah. I. It's so funny because I think some people don't always have that mindset and it blows my mind. I was like, you don't have to sell the card unless you like you need to or you want to yeah 
hold on to it. Like, it's not something that you need to be ashamed of. Or like sometimes in a deal, I may get a card and I'm like, okay, now I have to sell this card for this because I want to keep this card. Yeah. That's, I think that's how it should be. Um, But that's not how everyone runs their kind of business. So I guess everyone's different in that way. Everyone's different for sure. What kind of stuff does your grandpa give you? Uh, Nothing like major. He no, but I, I'm like, just curious. Yeah. He goes to Goodwill and like the hospice store near him. And sometimes like there's been a couple good finds. There was um a couple binders he got from the hospice store that had like a Ripken rookie in it. It had like a Schmidt rookie. It had a Griffey rookie in it. Like it was a good binder. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'll probably grade some of them, but like that little uh, collection came with probably 60 good cards and a binder of like junk with it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. most of them are like their 80s, 90s stuff that has no value really now. Yeah. Um, and so usually I donate them back to a store near me or um, like I try to find somebody that wants to like put the set together or something like that. But yeah, he he loves when he finds me stuff. He's like, oh, I found this at the store today. I'm like, OK, this isn't really worth much, but I can keep this. Um, but yeah, he he loves hooking me up whenever he finds stuff. I love that. There's a story that uh, the 2003 Topps Chrome LeBron James gold number to 50 uh, was actually found at a, go- a, a Goodwill like 10 years ago. So, wow. I mean, he could be that could be your grandfather one day. Just, that, you know, just just like manages to find his card. He's like, here you go, Kayla. Like, I've, I've you know, that here's the, the daily deposit into your your collecting bank. And then, boom, you rifle through it. and You're like, this is this is pretty significant here. <laughs> yeah. I would Grandpa, this is six figures. With that. <laughs> I love that. Do you, um, do you take pride in like the, like the, like sifting through like diamond into rough type stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I love that kind of stuff because it gives me the thrill of, and it reminds me of like why I started collecting. Um, because I just love like, the hunt for those cards is just so fun and you never know what you'll find in the box. Like it's kind of like your own pawn stars. You'll never know what walks into the shop. You'll never know what you find in the bins. Yeah. And I found cards that like are I've gotten for like one to $5 that sell for like 60 to 80. That's a huge return. I know. And for me, like when I was like a younger collector, if I had $80 at a show, I would lose my marbles. Like that would be insane. Like yeah. if I ever went to at a show with like money in my hand was maybe like $50. And that was because it was like a birthday present for my parents to have money to spend at the show. Yeah. And now obviously I go with like more than that, but yeah. it reminds me of like, this is actually a lot of money. Like in real life, that's two tanks of gas, $80. That's true. Like that's a lot of money to everyday people. I know. Cards, that kind of mindset can get lost sometimes. People are throwing around thousand dollars like on a table. I'm like, that's that's yeah. We definitely we definitely get uh, wrapped up in it. You know, like sometimes I talk to like everyday people about you know some of the cards that I've I've just purchased, or they're like, oh, I'm like, how much is that card? I'm like, oh, it's like fifteen hundred bucks, and they're like, what? And I'm like, that's like it's not too too it's not too bad. And they're like, are you kidding me? They're like, that's like a car. I'm like. Uh, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny that sometimes like the tangibles and collecting can get lost like that. Yeah. Do you collect anything else other than cards? 
I collect way too much different Let's stuff. Let's hear it. <laughs> um, so I collect pins from where pins. I go. Um, yeah, so that that's started cool. at Disney when I was super young. Yeah, I think that's the, like, everyone starts everyone starts at Disney. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not a biz, big Disney person to be honest, but I went there for like um a school field trip. Or I went to Epcot for a school field trip and I was like, we all got like some pins together. And I was like, oh, I love collecting pins. So now when I go to like a stadium or I go to a new state or I go to like an attraction, like when I went to the Ark in St. Louis, I had to get a pin, um, which I don't have those displayed, but I need to figure out a way to display them. And then I also collect snow globes from every state that I've been to. Um, that started with my dad. When I was super young, he would go on business or business trips a lot like all over the country and he would always come home with something sometimes it was a stuffed animal obviously because I was super young yeah but one day he brought home um a I want to say the first one I got was a snow globe from Montana and I was like okay if you go to a new state I want you to bring me a snow globe I don't know why that was just younger Kayla um wanting a snow globe from a new state and so now I carry on that tradition if I go somewhere that I don't have one from I don't know how many states I have one from. I should probably know that. Um, and then also, uh, I collect rubber ducks. Um, rubber like ducks? Yeah. No. So like different, yeah, so different <laughs> ones that aren't like normal rubber ducks. Like I have one that's like a pig. I have one that's like an alien. I have a Magneto one. I have a Flash one. Um, that started when I was in like fifth grade. Um, when I was in like a VBS thing, we used to get like Awana books. I don't know if any there's anybody that listens to this that would know what that is. Yeah. But basically it was like um like a currency that they would give us for like memorizing Bible verses or doing something good, like yeah. helping another person out. Um and so we would actually get to spend them at like the Iwana store, like in person, and we would buy like if whatever we want. So I would save them and they had like this jar of rubber ducks. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to get like the ones I like out of there. So I would save and get the rubber ducks. And I haven't added a new one to my collection in a while. Um, but the coolest one I have is from my grandpa, actually, for one of my birthdays, he bought one from France and had it shipped over here. And it's um, the Eiffel Tower and the duck has like a little mustache in his painting, that's the Eiffel funny. Tower with like a shirt and a uh, beret on. So that's, um, I think. I feel like you're really easy to buy gifts for. You know, yeah, no, I'm super easy. Pins, um, cards, rubber ducks. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of ammunition here for anyone in your life who's like, you know, what do I get, Kayla? Like, if you don't know me, then you, I mean, if you need to really not know you <laughs> yeah. in order to not know what to get you. Yeah. And I collect bobbleheads too, but not like crazily, um, mostly just like raised bobbleheads. Or if I go to a game and there's a bobblehead, I put it on my shelf. Um, so that's not like a super crazy collection, but yeah, I, I, I collect a lot of different things and no one's ever asked me that question. So I'm so glad you did. I'm I'm happy to unleash the beast here. You know, just like I saw your face absolutely light up when you're like, I do. <laughs> I collect so much more than sports cards. I find that that's, it happens more often than I think, than we think actually that people collect some, something other than sports cards. And I, I, I find that the more I ask people who are passionate about sports cards, if I ask them what else they collect, then they, they're equally as excited about those other things too. And so I'm like, I need to, I need to figure out what, uh, what Kayla's other vices are in terms of collecting. Yeah. I, I love each and every one of those and it's slowed down. Like I don't add to each of those collections as much as I add to my sports card collection. But when I find a new rubber duck or something like that, it like, it, it brings out the collector in me. I'm like, I have to get it. So Do you ever feel guilty for not adding to those collections? 
Huh. I know it's a, it's a weird question, but I found myself I found myself feeling guilty recently for not adding to one of my collections. And I'm Which like, collection was that? It's my jersey collection, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hadn't added to it in in a, it's a while, actually. And I was like, you know, I actually I feel bad that I haven't added to this in a while. And I don't know if it was guilt or if it was. I actually don't know what I don't know what the feeling was, but all I know is I I felt bad that I hadn't added a jersey in a while. And uh, which prompted me to buy like three. So like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I know anything about balance. Yeah. Um, I would say maybe sometimes, especially when I see people with Jeeps riding around and they have all those ducks and like yeah. the front of their cars. I'm like, man, I need to get a new one, Um, which I haven't really pulled the trigger because it's like, that's not something I would just buy on eBay. Like um, at movie theaters, um, they used to have like these cranes like that you could get rubber ducks out of. And I would get those, um, but I don't. I haven't seen those anymore, which makes me sad. But yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to have a story of like why I add one to my collection because I don't want to just do it to do See, it. That's I maybe that's where this thing is coming from with me. You know, where I was like, because I was at the national, and there were jerseys everywhere. Yeah, and I was just like, I'm like, this is almost too easy. You know, mm-hmm. like I was like walking around, I was like, yeah, this is like it's not really a story here. Like, yeah, I'm at the national, and there's jerseys here, and I guess that could be the story. But I feel like this is like. It is way too easy to just acquire a jersey for the collection, you know? So exactly. maybe that's why I felt guilty afterwards. Cause like, man, it's right in front of you, dummy. You know, like it's, like... Well, and it's also FOMO. Like everyone goes through that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's entirely possible. Kayla, talk to me. What uh what's in store for Kayla Collects moving forward? No idea. Um, to be completely honest. No, uh, that's good. Come up to me and they're like, I love what you're doing. Like what's next for you? What do you want to do in this space? And at the, like right now, I I don't know. Um, there's avenues that are opening up for me that I'm excited about, but I don't know if necessarily I'll take each and every opportunity, which I am blessed to say that I don't have to take yeah. every opportunity and that I have opportunities to begin with. Yeah. Because when I started, I would have never thought I would have the opportunities I do. Um, but right now I'm writing for hobby news daily. Um, I have an article that comes out every month. Um, I'm writing the hot listing daily for, um, slab stocks that's on their newsletter and on their Instagram. Um, and that's like my, goes back to my journalism background, which is what I want to do. Um, long-term, like my umbrella goal, this is way out in the future, but to be an analyst at the Olympics, um, Wow. Yeah, it's That's amazing. a big goal. Yeah. But I think eventually... It's also very I, specific. Yeah. Um, it's because I grew up with a dream of being a professional soccer player um, and being on the U.S. Women's National Team. And that goal can't come true for me. Um, and I still have a love for that game and, like, for women's soccer. And I had, like, this written down under a, like, Mia Hamm signed um, picture I had. And I always had the dream to go to the Olympics because to me, that is like the epitome of sports. And so now I get as close to the game with I, as I can by interviewing players and sharing their stories. And so for me, if I could get to the Olympics and share those stories and still be an Olympian in my own way, yeah. that would like achieve my biggest childhood dream. And I'm like, I'm not afraid to put that out there. Um, why would you be like, no no don't be afraid you don't of know who's listening to anything I like, agree. there could be somebody from NBC that's listening to this right now and they're like you know I like her energy I want to start her off as like a janitor I'd be like heck yeah I'd do that like to get me one step further to the goal which I think 
collecting is like that too. It There's is. always it's... gold that are evolving and you're like, I want to get this card to get this card. And so I think collecting honestly has a lot of different roots and avenues in my life. I love that. If you could interview one person, past or present, who would it be? Um, mm, That's tough. I have like a list of like my biggest aspirations in that. Um, hmm. it'd be, it'd be hard because I think there's a lot of different ways you could go with this question. You could obviously do the goats, but not all the goats have the greatest personalities because they may be like restrained and not really want to talk to media and that kind of thing. So usually I try to prioritize going after athletes with like fun personalities that I know have are like good like that. Yeah. Um, for me, I wouldn't necessarily want to interview Carly Lloyd, but I want to be on a panel panel with her someday because that was my favorite player. Um, I want to interview Caitlin Clark. And we're like the same age, almost. She's like a year older than me, which is yeah. crazy Wild. to fact. Wild. Doesn't seem that way. I like, I look up to her. Yeah. Um, and it's weird, but I think we're like kind of woven from the same cloth with a lot of the different ways we go about our brands and like, how we interact with kids and the way we view different things. So I think we would hit it off really well. Um, And those are the kind of people I want to interview because I want to share stories of people that I resonate with and that I think other people, if they knew their stories, they could also resonate with. And yeah, there's not enough of that in women's sports, um, which true, I could go on. I I would get on my box about that because that's like something I'm passionate about too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any like huge names that I would want to interview. Um, I'm all about the underdog kind of people, like the people that grind it out day after day to get to where they are now. And I mean, sure, some of the goats are like that, but like you've seen plenty of interviews of Tom Brady and um, like Michael Jordan, but you haven't seen as many of like real in-depth interviews with like Peyton Clark or Sabrina Nescu or like. I mean, those are all female athletes, but there's male athletes like that too. That you met Sabrina, didn't you? Stories, yeah, I've met. How her was twice. that? How was that? It was crazy. Um, I grew up like I grew up kind of watching Oregon, the Oregon Ducks. Um, which I don't know why, but I just resonated with their school and like their motto. And they the all ducks, man. Happy. What do you mean yeah. you don't know why? Because you like rubber ducks. <laughs> I never put Come those two on. together. What? <laughs> um, I never realized that until now. So maybe that's why. Um, but like they always had grinders like Marcus Mariota. I loved. Yeah. And I wanted the Bucks draft him. And they drafted James Winston, which I'll never get over. Um, but meeting her, I met her at the Mint uh, Collective which that was a crazy opportunity in itself because um, I got to be like kind of a media ambassador for them in a way, yeah. which I posted a video and this was a, just a spur of the moment idea. I was like, you know, I don't see any young faces being represented at the mint and the mint is huge. And it's like mostly corporate ish. Like mm-hmm. it's most big connections, but I'm like younger collectors need to like maybe aspire to save their money and go to this because it's so important if you want to make connections. And so I was like, you know, they had a host last year and I was like, what if about a junior host? So I make this video and I am like, this is my official application to be the junior host of the mid. And they love the idea. I got to go out there um, and be a part of it. I never would have thought I met, would have met Sabrina. I was like, I might get to get a picture with her. Yeah. But they actually took me and Stephanie mama breaks um, behind the scenes of like the room she was in before she got went out to the panel and we got to talk to her and 
introduce ourselves. And that was just insane for me because I watched her at Oregon for so long. And that was an, a player I wanted to interview. Like it's on my list each yeah. year. I read goals and it was like far out there athletes, like way down the line. I want to interview this person. And I wouldn't have thought it would happen this year, to be honest. And I got to meet her at the eBay collectors camp too. And she was like, Oh, I remember you from the mint. Like, how's it going? And I talked to her. Um, but yeah, uh, that was a crazy experience. Kaylin Clark's not far away. No. She's not far away. No. Don't worry. I know, because you know? she's, uh, she's now like involved with Tops and Fanatics. And so I'm like, kind of. Yeah, yeah. you're like, how do I squeeze in there? Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> she has like an event. Like you want yeah. me to like, kind of cover it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love both of their games and what they stand for and who they represent and who like the the time they take for fans. They're both very personable, but they're not big social media people, which I find funny because not everybody that's super personable is a big social media person, which yeah. like any Kentucky basketball cards, he's not a big social media person, but he has a great personality to capture on camera. And I think there's a lot of people like that, that they have stories to tell, but they're not seen on camera. And so that's what I kind of try to share with my content. Fantastic. Kayla, I want to thank you so much for joining today. Please, how can people reach out to you? Maybe, you know, younger collectors, female collectors, they feel nervous about creating their first piece of content. Older collectors, who the hell, anybody. They feel nervous about their first piece of content. Maybe they want to ask you about your own journey or whatever the case may be. How can they get in contact with you? Um, yeah, so I have, I'm only on Instagram, surprisingly enough. Most people have multiple platforms they're on. <laughs> I'm only on Instagram right now, um, Kayla.collects. And then I also write for Hobby News Daily. And there may be a way to contact me there. But if not, um, I have a media company. I kind of started on the side, Norsey Network. Um, I have an email, Network at gmail.com. Super easy. If you look on my Instagram, I'm sure you'll be able to find it. Because um, I know not everyone's an Instagram person. No, Some people, everybody. so yeah. um, those are my two avenues of where you guys can reach me and follow my content. Kayla, thank you so much for joining today. Team, please go follow Kayla Collects on Instagram. And uh, thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Coach Co and Kayla are out of here. Peace. Peace.